chapter 4, we're going to read three verses, verses 21, 22, I mean 20, 21, and 22. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another opportunity this Sabbath day, this Sunday morning. Uh, Father, we know it's a little icy out, a little cold out, but Father, our hearts are warmed by the love of God that is shed abroad according to the Holy Spirit which is given to us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. Father, it is your word that can transform our lives. Father, it is your word that begotten us to eternal life. Father, it is your word that can see a sinner come home. Father, we ask this morning to allow me to preach with the unction of the Holy Spirit that uh, whatever needs might be in the congregation or those listening virtually might be met, that Father, if there's a soul this morning that does not know you personally for forgiveness and pardon of sin, that today would be the day that they would receive that matchless, infinite grace that only you can give. We love you, we thank you, in your son's name we pray. And amen. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. You, I want you to, if you highlight right there. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health. To all their flesh. See, we see here that Solomon tells, he says this, to attend to my words, the words of the instruction, the counsel of God, to incline the ear into the things that he is saying. And he says that though, but he says it's not just enough to hear them, to attend to them, but you've got to not depart from them. You've got to keep them in the midst of your heart, because when you do that, ah, then we see life. And we see health, not just physically, but more important, spiritually. And here's the reality. Uh, Christmas is over. I, I mean, I know it's something we celebrate every day, but the hustle and bustle over it. And everybody, most likely, is focused on the new year. Oh. To some people, it's in great anticipation, because 2020 has not been the greatest. <laughs> With it has come trials and tribulations. And some people are looking forward to 2021, but other people are not looking forward to 2021 because 2021 is going to call the bluff on everything they've said that they're going to do differently than they did in 2020, physically and spiritually. Am I going to make 2021 the same as I made 2020 or am I going to do something different? And the world puts all the heat on you, right? They, I mean, all the apps are out. I don't know about your Facebook feed, but starting the new year right. And, and you know, it's got your Bible devotions and it's got your, your fitness apps and your diet apps. And, and your family's talking about what they're going to do in the new year. And, and it really calls your bluff. And, and they offer New Year's plans and discounts here and apps here. And come January 1st, everyone's going to be gung-ho. Everyone's going to start it like they've never started before. And everything's going to be booming. But just as it happens every single year, January passes and February comes and slowly the momentum dies and March is here and we have completely forgotten <laughs> about everything we said we were going to do at the beginning of 2021. You see, that's what's unbelievable to me when it comes to New Year's resolutions physically, but I'm going to talk more about spiritually this morning. Like, let's just, for instance, talk about eating and dieting and, and health. That we'll go all the way till Jan or December 31st. We'll go all the way to the end of the year and we'll say, I'm just going to binge out 
and then I'm going to stop cold turkey on uh, January 1. So we go into excess at the end of the year, just knowing that I'm going to get it out of my system, and I'm just going to start January 1st fresh. It doesn't happen like that. When we do things in excess and we've not prepared ourselves by healthy habits, and, and sure enough, January 1st, you don't cut cold turkey. You may think you're going to, and spiritually... We go all the way out. I'm going to do everything I want to do with the flesh. And then January 1st, I'm going to get closer to God. No, you're not. We have to start preparing our hearts. And that's why I think it's a shame. Because when it comes to physical things, we wait till January 1st to make a new change. But when it comes to spiritual, we are not promised another day. All we are promised is today. You may say, I'm going to get closer to Jesus Christ January 1st. But we may not live through the day. When I have an opportunity right here this morning, here we are, we're, we're here, we've done this, that's good, we've, we've gotten up, we've gotten dressed, we've prepared our hearts enough to enter into this sanctuary or to tune in through Facebook Live, but it's, it, we don't have another opportunity like this. And we need to make sure we're, we're going to do this. And people say all the time, well, uh, let me get to the first year and then I'll get saved. Unbelievers have said that before. I remember my little sister, when she had a boyfriend once, but a few years back, but she said, uh, she said, I told him that if he isn't going to go to church and get saved, then we're not going to be together. <laughs> well, that's great on the surface, but if the heart's not in it, it's not going to work. And when the momentum is coming externally, if you don't have a passion to change, if you don't want to see change spiritually in your life, no one else is going to force you to do it. it you can, it'll, it'll push you a little bit long, just like those diet apps and those fitness apps and, and everything that comes out January 1. But sure enough, we'll be in the same place spiritually come February 1st. Same place we promised ourselves we would not be. So many people say spiritually, I don't want to be where I was in 2020. I want to be somewhere new. I want to see God do new things in my life. But if there's no preparation into it, and that's why we see in these key verses, he says that, my son, attend to my words and incline thine ears unto my sayings and let not, not them depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Out of sight, out of mind. We need to start right now. So I have to ask myself, why is it that we lose momentum so quickly? January 1st, I mean, man, we look the part, right? Spiritually and physically. Any kind of resolution that we have, January 1, we are going to do it. This is going to be a new year. God's going to do new works. I'm going to step out in faith. My witness is going to be bolder and stronger. I'm going to read better. I'm going to pray more. And then February 1st, it seems like it's out. How, what happens? What happens? Well, I think it's the same when we talk about physical things and spiritual things. Number one, why do we stop? Number one, because it hurts. This is the pre reason why people don't stay in the gym like they do. Because when you start to lift weights, you start, man, that, it's pushing a little bit more. It's starting to work parts of me that I've never had work before. It's a little, it, I'm sore, it's hurting. And then we stop because we say, oh, man, I just don't know if I can, my joints can handle it, my muscles can handle it. And the same spiritually. When we make a statement that we're going to get closer to God, folks, it's going to hurt the flesh. John says, for him to increase, I must decrease. That's what happens. And there's going to be resistance. And that's why we have to understand, let's be honest, uh, you know, we're going to be left sore, but that's okay. Because here's the difference. Here's the difference. We, were, we talked about this last week, John 1 14. And the word was made flesh. Now, we see in Proverbs 4, he said, attend to my word, which is 
Jesus Christ. And all the hard work that we needed to have the strength to draw closer to God was done in Calvary. Let me let me just let me understand this because when it comes to uh, physical things in the new year and resolutions we want to make, they can do everything to motivate you and to inspire you, but they can't actually give you strength. They can't actually give you strength. It's all external. They can try to push you, and you've got to have your own strength yourself to do it. But when it comes to spiritual things, Jesus Christ can actually give you strength. You say, I can't do it. And in a physical form, then you might as well cough it up. It's not going to get done. But if you say, I just can't do it spiritually, God says, good. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness, and my grace is sufficient. Isaiah 40 says it very clearly in 28 through 30. He says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? Neither There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Man, I wish, my, I wish on the physical side that they could do that. That The guy, when I swiped my gym membership card, he said, well, hey, By the way, you can bench press 350 pounds today. Wow, by the way, your two belt sizes smaller, just, that doesn't work that way. But spiritually, because of that cross, we can actually have strength to draw closer to God. He says, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that, know, that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if Christ gives us the strength to change, then why don't we? If he can, if his grace really is matchless and infinite and can do exactly what our hearts want to do, because if the desire is there, that is enough with his grace to get it done. I think the problem is... The desire isn't there. I think when the rubber meets the road, we really don't want to get closer to God. Because if we really did, we would not have to wait till January 1st to make these decisions spiritually. We would say, I'm going to do it today. And in fact, those that, that we look up to, the ones that we say, man, they got it together. They don't wait for another day. They don't wait for a Monday. They don't wait for a new year. They say, right now is the time to do what I want to do. To draw closer to God. But I think we stop, I think momentum is lost because when we get sore, when it begins to hurt, when God begins to press on us to, to move forward spiritually, to step out in faith, and it's in parts of us because we know as we are plants in this vineyard that he has grown us, it says that which produces fruit, that doesn't produce enough, that branch will be pruned. That will be pruned. Now, even though he knows how to cut that branch like no one does, it's not going to cut it off. Like, if for me, if I... Uh, we need to cut our tree in our front yard, and I've been waiting till winter to do it, but I'm afraid if I cut it the wrong way, you can kill a tree. But if you cut it properly, come spring, it will bloom even better. And that's what Jesus Christ, even though he wants to prune, and it hurts on the surface for a little bit temporary, but after, man, it will produce fruit. You will be stronger spiritually than you've ever been. But I think another, another reason we lose momentum in physical, but more importantly, spiritual resolutions is because our efforts are not immediately rewarded. Right? 
That's why we don't diet for more than a month. That's why we don't lift and work out and be active like we do for more than a month. Because we do it constantly for one week and we say, uh, I look the same. And the scale says the same. Hey, wait a minute. I, I, I thought I was supposed to change. I thought I was supposed to look differently. I thought I was supposed to be rewarded for my efforts. And spiritually, it's the same way. God, I'll pray more. God, I'll read more. And then sure enough, maybe something we didn't get in his timing is a prayer is not answered. And we say, wait a minute, this is not the deal we had. I need immediate gratification. I need immediate answers. And it doesn't work that way. Any kind of change that we want to make, you know, <laughs> when we do eat right and diet, we tell the kids, they say, oh, you're on a diet again. I go, no, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. But sure enough, when it's not consistent, it's not. It's just a diet. And this is the thing when it comes spiritually. This is not a one-week, one-month thing. This is a commitment to God that we're going to go all the way. And we're going to make spiritual resolutions. And whether we see rewards to, or not immediately, it does not matter. Because he's on our side and he's fighting for us. Because the reality is this, folks. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, then you already have the greatest reward. It's Calvary. If the Lord does not, doesn't do another good thing for you, he's done it all when he saved your soul from a devil's hell. That's what he did for you. If that's not reward enough, I don't know what is. But he is overflowing with blessings. We put it in the bulletin today. Actually, the verse is Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Folks, his retirement package is out of the world. But we need to not be so concerned about immediately being rewarded. We act like God sitting behind the levers, picking up and dropping and doing these things, when the fact is, he's with us, right here, beside us, walking with us. I think in John chapter 20, when it comes to Thomas, remember Thomas was the doubting Thomas. Thomas had not been with the other disciples when they had seen Christ in his resurrected state. And he made the statement himself. He said, I want to be immediately rewarded. I'm not going to believe until I see it. I'm not going to believe until I can put my fingers in his, finger, in his hands and my hands in his side. But it says this, once again, it's about making a commitment to stick around. You know what? Maybe I didn't get blessed at this church service, but you know what? I'm going to still go. Maybe I didn't get anything about it out of reading the Bible last, last night. But you know what? I'm still going to read. And maybe that prayer request was not answered. But you know what? I'm still going to pray. And it says right here in John chapter 20, uh, verse 26, and after eight days, Thomas made the statement. He said, I will not believe. And then the next verse, and after eight days, again, his disciples were with him and Thomas with him. Stuck around. He didn't, he didn't throw his hands up and say, I'm done. He said, I'm going to stick around. And after eight days with the disciples were in and Thomas with them, then came Jesus. And the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold thy hands and, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into thy side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, and my God. Jesus saith, And Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But look right here. Blessed are they that have not seen 
and yet have believed. So this is the thing. To say whether I am immediately rewarded does not change the fact that I am going to step out and I'm going to move towards God in 2021. I'm going to read and I'm going to pray and I'm going to press in like I'm never. I'm going to stick around. And that's what he said. He said, he said, you believe just because you see it. But man, there's ones out there that still believe and yet they have not seen. And I believe it's that door just as Thomas stood in the midst. He walked right through. But I think it's because we get sore. It hurts to grow closer, to make change. I think we, our momentum is slowed because our efforts are not immediately rewarded. And I think also a problem, probably the greatest problem in the church and in physical resolutions that we make each and every year is why momentum has died so quickly is because we say this old line. Oh, I'm not taking, I'm not stopping. I'm just taking a day off. Ooh, guilty. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm still on the diet. I'm just, this is just cheat day. Just a cheat day. Oh, no, I'm, going, I'm still going to the gym. I've got my card on my keychain. I mean, I'm still paying my dues. Just taking the week off. And we say the same thing spiritually. No, 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 I'm not stopping from growing closer to the Lord. But you know what? I'm really busy this week. Maybe I won't pray like I did last week. But I'll pick it up next week. And I know I've not been in church. And I've not been tuning in virtually. But, hey, I'm still saved. I'm still Christian. And slowly that flame and that momentum dies. And one day turns to two days. And two days turns to a week. And next thing you know, you're back to where you were the year before. There's no days off. <laughs> I really don't care if you have a cheat day. really don't care if you ever go to the gym. But when it comes to your spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ, there's never a day off. That's why I do love devotions for that reason. If it's nothing, just to read a devotion in the morning. It's something. I, I wish it'd be more than that. I wish you could do a study. I'm so thankful. I saw so many people uh, on social media that were reading through the entire uh, Christmas story this, this Christmas season. We should, we should do that every year. Shouldn't take, a, shouldn't take a meme or a Facebook post to get you to read the Christmas story every year. But thankfully we have things like that. But we need to make sure... That uh, we don't take a day off. That's why Paul says it best in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Because that's going to be the thing. We're going to start to be sore. And we're not going to see the, the, the rewards immediately. And we're going to say, well, you know what? Maybe just, maybe just one day off. Hey, hey, I deserve one day off. Imagine if Jesus Christ took one day off. And said, ah, maybe Calvary will come tomorrow. Maybe I can save him tomorrow. But, you know, imagine if he said, I'm just going to take it. I'm not stopping. I'm just slowing down. But Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 26 and 27. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself shall be cast away. He said there's no days off. He said I'm not fighting like I have no reason to fight. I'm fighting because I'm heading towards home. Folks, heaven's our destination. Is it not? That's where we're headed. And we need to press in. We need to move forward. You know, I wrote this in my notes. I can have all the right answers for you. But what does that really matter if I don't keep them myself? Man, I can tell everyone else what to do spiritually. But when it comes to myself, what would it matter? Paul says, listen, this is the reason why I fight. 
That I, I don't care if no one else does it, that I need to do it. And folks, spiritually, doesn't matter if this church is empty, if we shut the doors and we completely shut down. It does not give you an excuse to not grow closer to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the church is not walls and pews and carpet. The church is the body of Christ, Amen. which is the head, which is Christ. And this is why we do it. Because the reality is, here's the deal. We can't have both. <laughs> Doesn't do me a whole lot of good running on a treadmill while I'm eating Oreos. Right? It's kind of redundant, right? And the same thing spiritually. What is the point of seeking out the flesh and everything the flesh has to offer and say, but I'll still try on Sunday to grow closer to the Lord? <laughs> One step forward, four steps back, folks. Let's make a decision today to say, you know what? I'm cutting it out. And not to cold turkey, but I'm going to make, create healthy habits. That's going to Imagine for a second that I tell our children... And this is pretty much our life anyways. You could ransack the house all day long, uh, all week. But come Saturday, we're going to clean. That way we can have a clean house on Saturday. Then come Sunday, you can start again and completely ransack the house. But at least for that Saturday, they know that, hey, they need to get their act together because we're going to clean on Saturday. And we do it the same way, right? We say, well, I'm going to eat clean all week and then I'm going to give myself Saturday to eat like junk, right? And we do it. We do it when it comes to our house. We do it when it comes to diets and everything. And spiritually, it's the same way. We say, I'm going to live for the world Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday, though, man, I'm going to clean up my act and come to church. Why not tell my children, listen, there's a new law in town. You're not going to dirty the house every single day. You can get a toy out. You can play in your playroom. You can do what you want. But when you're done, you're putting it back. And you begin to create healthy habits. Instead of giving myself a week to eat clean and then Saturday to binge, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to eat clean all week, but I'll give myself an opportunity every night to have dessert. Maybe some of that peppermint cake. Good grief. <laughs> and spiritually, why not this? To say, you know what? I'm not going to live for the world all week and then come to church on Sunday. But I'm going to live like every day is Sunday. Paul said it. Some consider one day holy and others consider every day holy. Every day is an opportunity. Little by little to take steps forward for God. I read this the other day and I wrote it down. And I'm going to have Larry and Sonny get themselves ready to give an invitation. Someone once observed that a wasted life is really nothing more than a collection of wasted days. As God gives us life, each one of us starts the new year with the same number of opportunities, 365, that we can choose to either use and invest in eternal things or allow to drift by without taking advantage of the gift we have been given of each and every day. The difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not found primarily in talent, but in diligence and effort. Man, I love that. Folks, listen. I know everybody's waiting for January 1st. 
But can I tell you right now that according to Revelation 21.5, Jesus Christ said this, Behold, I make all things new. That is what his grace can do. You can come to an altar and you can stay right there in the pew. But you can pray to God and say, God, I need a, I need a clean slate. I made some bad decisions in 2020. Yeah, I didn't live up to the expectation that you had for me this year. But hey, I know your grace is sufficient. And I know your righteousness can cleanse me of every spot. And Father, I just want a clean slate. I want a new start. And I know I'm not promised tomorrow. Surely I'm not promised to get to January 1st. But I want to make a difference right now for you. Because everybody, I believe everybody here this morning has spiritual things they want to get Figure it out this coming year. Can I tell you, you don't have to wait. <laughs> you don't have to wait one more second. You can take care of it right here this morning. And you can already be a weekend just about by that time you get to January 1st. January 1st, when people are starting, starting those new decisions, those new resolutions, you can say, hey, <laughs> I've already got a few days under my belt. We're already in a good start. How about we do that this morning? How about... We just go to the Lord in prayer before Larry comes. But I want to read that key verse again. My son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart. Folks, we need to make a decision in our heart right now. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Dearly Father, as Larry comes and Sonny gets a song, Father, we pray that every heart is, is pricked by your word and your spirit this morning. Father, we want to make a difference. Yes, we want to be healthy physically. Father, we want our houses to be in order. But most importantly, our hearts need to be in order. Father, there's spiritual decisions that we need to make. And Father, if we don't make them today, we may never make them. And Father, whatever commitments that we decide to have in the new year, Father, we ask you to give us your strength and your grace to press on, to, to be committed, to be diligent, to be the men and women of God you called us to be. Father, we, we had an exciting year in 2020, but Father, you've not changed. You're not different than you were any year before. And Father, you're not going to be any different than you are in 2021. You are constant. And we thank you for that. Your arms are always open and your grace is always sufficient. So, Father, whatever it is someone's struggling with this morning, someone wants to turn something over to you, we pray even social distance that they'll come to the altar. Or, Father, they'll make a decision in prayer right where they sit to be different than they were the year before. Father, we love you. We thank you. And all credit and glory is due you according to your son, Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. And amen. This altar is open.